because they require more trust and trust is a process. So they had to feel safe with me first. And they, there had to be some type of comfort level, but also I had to have some transparency. And in the same light where you work in a prison system and they tell you not to tell these guys anything, they'll take it and use it against you and all this kind of stuff, um, which I broke away from. I had to be able to be transparent to a point of, hey, Mr. Webb, you wanna do a TikTok video with me? Sure, because that's their world. That's how they're gonna relate. And, and I'm saying to them, your world's important to me. Um, no matter how bad I look dancing, no matter how bad I look on camera, um, your world is important to me, you're important to me. Beyond trying to be a good person to you because you're in school, I want to be good to you because you're you. Welcome on in, welcome on in to the Leadership Podcast. The Leadership Podcast is where we will explore transformational power of personal leadership. We're going to deep dive into conversation with influential leaders, experts, and change makers who are reshaping the way we lead and inspire others. Our goal here on the Leadership Podcast is simply to influence, inspire, and empower men to make the shift in their personal leadership by becoming the best version of themselves. We will share tools, tips, and resources to ignite self-awareness and authenticity. It's all about helping men become more effective and impactful in their leadership. Get ready. The shift is about to take place. It's the Leadership Podcast with Dwayne Roberts. On today's episode, we have a phenomenal guest, Leonard Webb. Leonard is retired from law enforcement to focus on improving education outcomes for students and improving relationships between administrations, teachers, and parents. He is focused on directly addressing the school-to-prison pipeline by providing equity-based solutions, bringing accountability to the school leaders, while increasing attendance and decreasing suspension, as well as expulsions. His work with the school and community has led him to be being appointed by the governor of Hogan, Maryland, to the Juvenile Justice School Board for the state of Maryland. Fellas, give a warm virtual welcome from my friend, Leonard Webb. What's happening, Leonard? I'm good. How are you doing? Good to see you. I'm so excited to have you with us today, man. I'm glad you took in time for us. Yeah, anytime. I'm, I'm always willing to serve. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So listen, man, I want to I want to ask you I want to ask you one question real quick um, before we get started. And that is um, great leaders lead with a strong sense of purpose and vision. Right. How do you, did you discover your purpose? It took a long time. Um, I guess I was walking in it for a while. I was counseling men that found themselves incarcerated. And when I first started, it was just general population. You know, it could be a guy in there for stealing out of somebody's mailbox to human trafficking. 
And then I began to focus on younger men that were in the prison system under 30 that had more than five years on their sentence. And then my last 10 to 12 years I spent helping men transition that had substance abuse problems to society. And I was just going along and I was doing a lot of good work. I felt, um, but I felt since I worked for the government, I felt there was some resistance. I felt like there was some restraint on what I really wanted to do. And one day a lady called me and she was thanking me for working with her son. And she said, I wish that there were people like you to work with the kids. And I thought about it for a second. And the first thing I thought was, why am I not doing that? Because I was having a lot of success helping men stay out of prison. And there's a saying by Desmond Tutu that says, sometimes you got to stop pulling people out of the river and figure out why they're falling in. Then it was just, you know, a shift. Like you say, there was a shift to say, not just why, not just why not I'm doing it. And it was, what's the reason I haven't started yet? And in that shift, I left the prison system to, to work more with the young people to keep them from coming to prison and having having that to deal with that the rest of their lives. Man, that's real good. I really love that quote you just gave by Desert too. Too, too. Um, that's real good. So before we kick it off, man, please introduce yourself, share with people more detail about what you do and share some of your acc- accolades, because I know that you've written a couple books, if I'm not mistaken. I've, I've written a, a journal for teenagers that's called Youth Champs, and the champ stands for choices, habits, attitude, mindset and purpose. And I co-authored another book, which was an Amazon bestseller with 18 other men. And it's it's called uh, Im- The Impact of Influence and Volume 2. There's five val- volumes now, but I was part of Volume 2, which was great. And I spend my time in the school system trying to change the narrative for young people, especially people that are most affected by the school, the prison pipeline. And I should probably explain what that is. It's a set of policies and procedures that are in place that push students out of out of the school and makes them more likely to end up in, the, in our criminal justice system. And those include zero tolerance policies, uh, having police in the schools, which impact mostly black and brown children, LGBTQ, and children with disabilities. And you'll find across the country that they are more more suspended, more expelled, and more arrested in schools by an average of three times than their white counterparts. So my goal is to bring relationships to people that don't look like you and helping administrators and teachers build relationships with people that don't look like them. Because almost 80% of our school teachers in America are white women. Almost 90% of our administrators are white men. Only 2% of teachers in America are black males. I want to make that shift in building the relationships because that's what really matters when you talk about discipline. It's understanding the point of view. It's having empathy. So I like to build that in my program. 
Yeah, that's that's real good. So when it comes to uh, ending the school to prison pipeline, how how uh, how, how do you do that? What- I have a LLC, Revolutionary Motivation, and I go to schools and do professional development workshops. I work with young people on developing a mindset of building and overcoming. My my motto is connect, inspire, and grow. I like that. Connect, inspire, and grow. That's real good. Now, um, I know you made this transition from, uh, was it federal prison to 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 students? Yes. Yeah. T- tell me a little bit about that 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 journey. You know, um, I know the impact that you were making, um, some of the the pros and cons, and what really led up into. What I found was in prison systems, we weren't preparing men to return to society. We were just making it so they were comfortable in prison. And if they're comfortable somewhere, there's no reason to come back. And what happens to young people is once they get involved with the criminal justice system, they realize I can do this. And then that's the point that it breaks, that they can they understand that they're able to do that and they don't see the the promise that they have in them. So what I first wanted to do in a prison system was to start with relationships I, because these men are coming back to society. So I started with shake my hand, fist bump. Uh, I'm, I started calling the guys in there Mr. instead of inmate so-and-so, because nobody calls you inmate when you're out in the streets. They call you Mr. or Sir. So developing that mindset and having them be aware of kind of the social norms that are necessary to survive on the outside, despite all the other pressures that involve being in society. Unlock your true potential with the Leadership Community where we empower men to embrace self-awareness and authenticity. Introducing the Leadership Community, where we believe in helping men become the best version of themselves. It all starts with self-awareness, and we encourage men to take a step back, pause, and reflect on their thoughts, emotions, and behavior. Embrace their authenticity and break free from societal expectations. Here are just a few testimonies from individuals Leadership helped me develop self-awareness and embrace my authentic self. And now I feel more confident and fulfilled. Question, are you ready to unlock your potential? If so, join the leadership community today and embark on a transformational journey of self-discovery and personal growth. Leadership empowers men to become the best version of themselves through self-awareness and authenticity. You can learn more about the leadership community by visiting the webpage DwayneHRoberts.com. Because uh, I do, I work with uh, formerly incarcerated men in, in personal development you know, and recovery, right? And what I love what you said, how you addressed them with Mr. and Sir. What were some of the findings? Sense of pride, sense of somebody sees me as a human being. It didn't get win me a lot of friends with the staff members because that's the norm in prison. You're, you're an inmate, you're a number, but I wanted to see themselves as men, a work in progress. Um, someone that's may have made a mistake and may be at the worst point of their lives, but there's still life there. You're still breathing. You still have potential. You still can do live your dreams. This is just 
you know, a bump in the road. And once their mindset shifts, their behavior change, their behavior change. Now, instead of missing a child's graduation, they were going home on time because they weren't getting into trouble. They weren't losing, you know, good time. They weren't losing the prison system and improve with their relationships outside the prison system. And what you had was not a better inmate. You had a better person. Oh, come on. Yeah, that's good. That's real good. And I, and I heard you say that the staff didn't really gravitate to that. So there was some some friction there. You you were in there. You was you was there was a culture shift or change that you were you were uh you were actually leading, right? I love it because uh, as I work with them, I address them as sirs, you know. And I had a I had an individual tell me, say, I'm not a sir, you know. I said, Yes, you are, you know. He didn't see himself as as that. He had been he had been so programmed to be an inmate or or a number, you know. It was interesting. Um, I met another guy who had been out over seven years and still remember his inmate number. You, you, you know, but could not relate to being addressed as a Mr. or a sir. I love that, man. I definitely love uh, how, how you approach that. There was a guy that was a Native American. I used to call him Chief. And one day he pulled me aside and said, you know, you know don't call me Chief. And in and, and my culture, that's a, a name of prominence. That's a name that they give to somebody important. And I said to him, I'm speaking it into existence. And the look on his face was like, wow, he doesn't see me as, as an inmate. It's just a human thing. It's not that I was breaking any sort of prison regulations or anything. It, the prison culture was there. I was just changing the culture. And so, so uh, you went through that process and then lead to leave the judicial system to work with youth. How has that transition been for you? And share some of the impact that you're making now. It's ironic to say, but it was seamless. Our school systems are set up just like the prison system. Um, and that's what's sad. The And some that I've been to, it often looks like a prison. The way teachers address students, the way um, that they come into the building and are not greeted and there's a sense of lack of trust and you don't build relationships there. And if I don't trust you, I can't learn from you. Uh, so it was seamless, which shocked me. I felt I had to be a different person. And I realized I do have to be a different person. I have to be that person, that same person that started shaking hands with incarcerated men. I had to be that same person that called men, sir. And the most important thing is the kids saw that. And now I'm building relationships and now um, I'm able to make a different kind of impact. And when I say I found out how they're falling in, they're falling in because we're making our schools look like prisons, feel like prisons, smell like prisons, and have the same type of prison discipline. Welcomed in the school system because I had a prison what system. What was some of the change that they you had to develop for yourself personally, personal leadership and the first thing I had so to you do can better is connect? Come out that that's not who I am. And that's not easy for me. Um, I kind of let things go with the flow and, and then kind of lightly adjust, but I had to let them know immediately you're not getting a guy from the prison system. So that was a difficult 
thing for me because that's the expectation was that I was going to come in there and enforce rules and scare kids and all that kind of stuff. Uh, wanted the tough guy. I think they saw that on my resume and was like, yeah, bring him in. Because my first long-term sub-assignment was at an alternative So they wanted school. the tough guy mentality. And they skipped <laughs> over people to put me there. <laughs> so the background. So I had to mm-hmm. change that narrative for the staff members. Yeah. Wow. They were excited to have an enforcer <laughs> all there. Beca- and I all said, because of the back down, background. The relationship with children and youth is different because yeah. they require more trust and trust is a process. So they had to feel safe with me first. And they, there had to be some type of comfort level but also I had to have some transparency and in the same light where you work in a prison system and they tell you not to tell these guys anything, they'll take it and use it against you and all this kind of stuff, um, which I broke away from. I had to be able to be transparent to a point of, Hey, Mr. Webb, you want to do a TikTok video with me? Sure. Because that's their world. That's how they're going to relate. And, and I'm saying to them, your world's important to me. Um, no matter how bad I look dancing, no matter how bad I look on camera, um, your world is important to me. You're important to me beyond the school. I'm just trying to be a good person to you because you're in school. I want to be good to you because you're you. Fellas, why do you keep allowing what you think get in the way of what's in your heart to accomplish? Stop putting off till tomorrow what you can accomplish today. Go ahead, book your free Fiercely Execute Breakthrough Call with us today so we can connect you to a community of men who understand your challenges and do life with you as a man, husband, father, and leader, all without judgment, shame, or rejection. Simply connect with a community of men who desire to become the best version of themselves and walk in their God-given purpose. Available times are limited, so book your call today. Be sure to head over to DwayneHRoberts.com or check for the link in the description. I don't want to I don't want to be inaccurate, but I know that there's a high percentage of black men in prison. You know, and many of these individuals or kids grow up without the male figure in their life, man. Um, do you absolutely, think? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, if you see it, you can be it. And they saw me as what they deemed as successful. And I'm sure they, they looked at me as even though a lot of them were older than me in the beginning, as a father figure sometimes, as a role model and when you have that they don't they don't want to disappoint you um i've had plenty of guys who made mistakes got in fights did did things while they're in prison and they would say to me i'm sorry i disappointed you i'm sorry i said you don't have to be sorry to me we we wake up and and we start over there's a clean slate um and i think that's what kids don't get in school is that once you get this reputation of a troublemaker there is no longer much patience for you when you're making mistakes, but kids are going to make mistakes. That's what they're there for, to make mistakes. 
we're not, you know, you, we don't send kids to school as a finished product. They're there to make mistakes so they can learn. That's what learning is about is making mistakes. And if they're not there and they're not sitting and getting, then there's something wrong with them. And that's just not the case. That's real good. So here's my next question for you. Um, speaking to the men um, out here who uh, may have been in prison, may not have been in prison, but they feel like life has thrown them a curveball. They don't feel like uh, they have the limiting beliefs. They have the doubt. They don't haven't found the confidence. Uh, what would you say to that individual to inspire him to chase after his purpose or goals? I think one of the things, there, there are three things I think for men today, especially young men that get in the way. It's the media portrayal of men, especially black men, social media and mental health. And I think mental health goes with the first two. First thing about mental health is one, it's not accessible. And two, statistically speaking, we're not willing to go. And the fact that we try and do a lot of stuff alone when we don't have to, we have men like you out there. We have plenty of men out there to support but a lot of us fear failure. We have this fear of failure and failure is part of success. The only way you get to success is by experience failure. So don't be afraid to experience failure. Uh, next, I would say, don't be stressed if you don't know the answers to everything. You don't have to know the answers to everything. And the third thing is find a mentor, find somebody that, been down your path or may have similar experiences or feelings in the past and build yourself a, a community, a small group that you can count on. I think men fail because one, we're not secure with ourselves because we sit on social media, we see the media portrayals of us, and we think we have to fall into that category because that's typically our brand. It's just the spirit of leave everything better than you found it. And realize that success is a moving target and an evolving mindset. And don't be afraid of that change. Don't be afraid of that failure when it comes because it's coming. And the last thing I say is always self-assess. And one of the biggest part for me for self-assessment is identifying the things that no longer serve you. And for the men that were in prison, this doesn't serve you. This doesn't serve your family. And for young people, it's sometimes our friends know they've done, they've already gone down that path and, and they long, no longer are going where we're going. And that's okay too. And there's some things we have to leave behind. The fact that, uh, we we will we think we can do it on our own. I think if if you say any, if you said anything, I think that's that's probably one of the key elements that men don't think they need to help. They don't think they need to find a community of people, like-minded individuals, or people who I often tell them, I say, find somebody who does it better than you. Find somebody who's doing what you want to do, but they do it better than you, and then go learn from them. Dollars a year, and I thought about it. I said, how in the world do you make thirty million dollars a year? You know, at that time, of course, at that time, my mindset couldn't couldn't phantom that. Right. Like, how do you make 30 million dollars a year? And I said to myself, he's the guy I need to know. He's the guy I need to connect to. Right. And long story short, um, I literally was able to train or, or um, 
Yeah, I guess I can say that. Train under this guy and his staff for for 30 days just to, you know, to understand how he did things to become the best, be a better leader, understood what leadership was. He was passionate about leadership. Um, And so um, to that place and point, I always encourage men, find people who do it better than you. You know, who doing what you want to do and then connect with. I like that uh, fear. Um, we scared to we scared to fail, but you have to go through some element of failure to, that's going to lead you to success. So don't be don't be scared of fear. Don't allow fear to hold you back. Then I really love this one. Self-assess. You know, I think if, if we would just take enough time to look back in our lives and ask ourselves the hard questions, look at the things that uh, that are not serving us and then make a shift to figure out what we can do to better connect. Man, hands down, I think we go a long way as far as uh, men becoming best version of, of themselves. Here's my next question for you, my friend. Um, I know you work with students. What's some of the challenges that you're finding or disconnect between parents and students? And what's some recommendations that that uh, parents you can leave with parents to better connect with their, their student? Communication, communication, communication. <laughs> <laughs> it don't change there. huh? <laughs> what would you say to communication? What, what would communication look like? You know, I just did a, a workshop for financial aid. And what I found is there's a lack of communication as far as the parent and the student where the student doesn't ask, do we have money to send me to college? The parent doesn't ask, you know, what do you want to do? How do you, you know, what's your definition of success? And they're a senior in high school and a financial aid bill comes in and the student's sitting there like, I want to go to this school. And the parents like, I don't have money. What do you want to do anyway? And and you're stuck. Uh, the communication is the key. And it doesn't have to be deep. It just has to be impactful. And it has to be done early. If you're lucky enough to, you know, be in that early stage where your child isn't in high school yet, now's the time to have those conversations about what they want to do, where their skills are, where their strengths are. How do they learn? You know, what helps them learn better? And starting that conversation and saying, my parents told me, we don't have money for you to go to college. They told me that early. We're not taking a second mortgage. We're not doing this. Cool. I was one of those student loan kids. You know, I was getting out of New York. So if it meant taking out a student loan, I was taking out a student loan. But they gave me the benefit, the blessing of being honest with me. And we so don't want to disappoint our children that we don't have honest conversations with them. And they so don't want to disappoint us that they don't have honest conversations with us. And we have to open that door. Yeah, that's real good. Um, to the place in point, having honest conversation. I mean, those those conversations can be hard. They can be difficult, especially with uh, parents don't want to expose or be vulnerable to the mere fact that you know their financial situations aren't where where the kid may think think they are. You know, um, I just she's that's real good. I think about it because I got a uh, I got three girls at home, man. Um, I got one in college, one on the way to college, and uh, they the other one the. The one getting ready to go to college wanted to go leave leave the state, and I'm like, "Nah, we not homie, not having that." 
<laughs> you know, we had to have the tough conversation and let him know, hey, listen, uh, I want you to go to school, but we're going to do some in-state study. You know, after you finished in four years, if you desire to go elsewhere, then you know what? Uh, to God be the glory, go do what you want to do. But at this time, uh, dad, dad can make sure that uh, we can get you some in-state tuition and, and cover down on some housing and make sure you can eat. You know, because I experienced so many kids who go away for school and then uh, they they're desolate. They nothing in their pocket, can't eat, you know, um, and whatnot, whatever the case may be. And I didn't want those challenges for my my, my for my kids. So that's real good. Communication is key. Big, Make it impact. Another big, big thing is they're not living in your world. Then when you were 18. Things are different for 18 year old today, unfortunately. For 18-year-old today, it's probably more like their grandparents' time, <laughs> um, the way things are, are going in, in the country with banning books and all this type of stuff, uh, separation of, of people. Um, but we can't do it from the lens of, of where we were. We have to do it from the lens of where we're at now as a society real good that's that's man that's that's golden right there because i think um i think so many parents uh, um look at where they've been in life or what what life looked like for them and try to make um try to raise their kids off of um their experiences and what they what they think they know it's interesting too you mentioned um i was i was just doing um i was looking at um what was it behaviors, how we make decisions, right? And there's two parts to that. One is our own world, what we understand in our world and what we know, you know, and then there's the bigger part of that. It's the world itself and everything we don't know, you know, and and we try to make everything fit in our world, not realizing that uh, we got a small portion of what we truly understand and know. And with things evolving to them, uh, to the place and point you you mentioned, yeah, think, things are shifting quite frequently, quite often, and uh, we can really make bad decisions not be having a clear vision on or a clear understanding on what's going on, on uh, in the world today. That's real good. And, you know, the fact of the matter is there's no parent manual. There's no perfect way to parent and there's no perfect parent. Uh, it's okay to say, I don't know, but I'm going to help you find the answer. I don't know, but Dwayne knows. So Dwayne's been on that path. So I'm going to hook you up with Dwayne. My son plays college baseball, and my high school teammate uh, was in the minor leagues for the Atlanta Braves and the California Angels. You know, I can't teach him how to throw a curveball or the right pitching technique. So I led him to him. That's when you have a community and we build with each other. I said, hey, Coach Mitchell. Can you work with my son a little bit here? Some video, sure. And, and that's how it works. And that's how it should work. That's that's real good. You know, but uh, with, with the way society is, um, what do you think is the, what's the percentage of parents doing just what you just said? You know what? I, I, and I see that, I really see that it may be in my parents' era in time where, uh uh, coach Webb was a baseball coach and I, I sent my son over to, to, to coach with Coach Webb. Today, I don't see that. I don't, I don't see those transactions taking place. Speak to that for me. I think we've become 
less community and more competitive. And if I help you out, then that may be less to eat for my family. When the fact of the matter is, there's enough to eat for everybody. We all have enough tables and we all have enough food if we just, society has become more selfish than you're going to take a spot for me. You're going to take a, my plate. And there's room at, you know, my theory is there's room at my table. Uh, bring something. If you don't have nothing, then bring a napkin. Bring you, bring your appetite. And, and next time you'll have an opportunity. But you're welcome at my table as long as we align mindset-wise. Because if you're there at the table, you're going to get some value. And you're going to be able to bring something to eat next time. Um, we just want to starve each other. And, and because the old crab in the barrel thing, you know, but my success is your success. And I, I firmly believe success isn't a success without a successor. Anyway, um, I want to close this out, my friend. I want to close this out. Um, but before I do, tell the people uh, where they can follow you at, find, find more information about what you do and how you serve. I'm on all social media as Webolutionary. And my website is in the school to prison pipeline.com. The two is the number two. And my work is all about changing the face and the voice in education. And sometimes we just change the face, but I'm I'm here to change the voice. I want to be heard. I want our children to be heard, especially the children that look like me. Last question. Um, I want you to close us, us close us out on this. Uh, share with the people about your CHAMP program, Choices, Habits, Attitude, Mindsets, and Purpose. How, uh, what impact is it making? And uh, give people a little insight about uh, what you do in this uh, CHAMP's program. Mm -hmm. uh, those five core values is where I start because that's through my experience is where the change can take place with our choices, our habits, our attitudes, our mindset and our purpose. And I talk to kids about those very things. The book is actually a journal where they can write uh, how they feel. There's there's uh, writing portions that they can go in there and express their feelings. And then we talk about them and then we we apply them. You know, knowledge, knowledge isn't power, applied knowledge is power. How can I apply this to my life? How can I apply this to every aspect of my life, spiritually, mentally, psych psychologically, physically even, um, the choices I make in eating, how is that affecting my life? And you just, I just put that in, in, a, in a whole holistic program to allow kids to be inspired and to grow. Man, this has been truly phenomenal. I want to say thank you for taking time and rocking with us on the Leadership Podcast, um, sharing your journey, sharing your experience and expertise, brother. Um, I definitely wish you all the best moving forward. And I'll be honest, man, I love to grow with you in community and see how uh, we can work together. Um, awesome. Awesome. Now, um, I heard you mention a book a second time. Is there two books? I was co-author on a second book, Impact of Influence, where 18 uh, men came together and wrote, each wrote a chapter. Okay. All right. So I, so that and that and that's uh, Impact to Influence, volume two, correct? It's the, the main author is Chip Baker. 
Chip Baker. Okay, great. Um, chapter 13. <laughs> Yo, chapter 13. Definitely go check it out, my friend. Well, you Any final? Up, I'll send you two, both copies. You know, you. Can... Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, most definitely. Most definitely. Any final words for us, my man? Yeah. Uh, just for everybody out there, be grateful. Gratitude is everything. Stretch yourself. Uh, a rubber band is useless unless it's being stretched, and, and we are human rubber bands. Continue to develop. Be a lifelong learner. Never stop learning. Uh, success is a moving target and an evolving mindset. And lastly, always spend some time thinking and reflecting on your day and what you could do better, what you did best, and continue to grow, inspire others. Good stuff. Guys, this is Leonard Webb, phenomenal individual out there making big impact in Maryland. Um, I want to encourage you, um, check Leonard out. Go follow him on it, social media page. Go check out the web page and go pick up the book, man. Um, I think leaders are learners. And one way I love to learn is by reading. Listen, I want to say thank you for taking time with us on the Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Dwayne Roberts. As you always hear me say, your success is in your hands. Have a phenomenal day with purpose. and God bless. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Leadership Podcast with Dwayne Roberts. We hope you found inspiration and practical wisdom that will help you in your leadership journey. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform and leave us a review. We love to hear your feedback and suggestions for future episodes. Remember, true leadership begins with you. Leadership is not a position. Leadership is not a title. Leadership is having positive influence on others. Keep shifting, keep growing, keep leading with purpose. You can stay connected with Dwayne Roberts on all the social media platforms or by visiting our website, DwayneHRoberts.com. We want to say thank you. Remember, you have everything you need to make the leaders shift in your life. That's because your success is in your hands. Till next time. God bless.